0: Hello and welcome to Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. And I'm Shannon. And today, this is our forty eighth episode, and we're talking about the Holy Spirit, who should not be a controversial character, or not character, but controversial person in Christendom. But it seems that he is, and I.
1: Yeah, the Holy Spirit is something that is someone, someone that is a challenge for us. To deal with sometimes because um, it, there is no teachings from the Spirit that are written down. There's nothing that no documentation other than what Jesus said about the Spirit, what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. Well, you
0: would say someone that, would say that everything's written through the Holy Spirit, but I, there isn't tons. You're possibly,
1: right. but right. I guess what I'm trying to say is um, there's a there's a challenge for a lot of Christ, Christians that don't understand. Who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit's role is, and the need for the Holy Spirit that we have. Right. Now, that's people... that's one of the things that people miss. I think is the need for the Spirit. Now that can be overbalanced by people that focus so much on the Spirit they let God go.
0: Right. Uh, and and the Spirit, Holy Spirit, is God. Right. But I think sometimes people get to the extreme. Either end. There's a, a bunch of Christians who don't want to talk about the Holy Spirit, because he makes them uncomfortable, because I think maybe they feel they'll get out of control, a lack of control. And then there is the other extreme, where people are all about the Holy Spirit, and sometimes some of it is the Spirit, but sometimes I think people get into emotional excess, and nothing wrong with emotions, but uh, we're not supposed to seek emotional uh, experiences. We're supposed to seek God. Right. And sometimes that is emotional and sometimes it's not, but it's always good. And I want to, this is uh, the Nicene Creed, which is said by Catholics and Lutherans, Episcopalians, mm-hmm. lots of traditional uh, Protestants also. Um, in the Nicene Creed, he is called, the Holy Spirit is referred to as the Lord and giver of life. And he's also mentioned right away in the Bible in Genesis 1-2. Mm-hmm. What, do you mind if I read that? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, oh, I wrote it down. Genesis 1-2 says, And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters mm-hmm. before before the six days of, of creation.
1: Right. There was and, God, there was Word, and the Spirit all right there.
0: And and Psalm 104-30 says, Thou dost send forth thy Spirit, they are created, and thou dost renew the face of the ground. And... Who has directed the spirit of the Lord, or as his counselor has informed him, Isaiah forty thirteen. Holy Spirit is much as much. The Holy Spirit is as much God as God the Father and God the Son Jesus. So, it, in order to really understand the Triune God, the Trinity, you need to acknowledge the Holy Spirit also. I mean, it's just He is yeah.
1: part. And it's interesting because if you look in the Old Testament, um, the Holy Spirit is mentioned a lot. The Spirit of God came over him. That kind of stuff, right? but it was not a universal thing.
0: No, but New
1: Testament it is a universal thing that the spirit is part of believers. It is it is part of who we are.
0: Last night um when we were watching TV, I was doing some research on the spirit and like Shannon said the spirit would come down mightily on people. Mm-hmm. That's how often it was in the Old Testament. Sure. And so I just I I found some of the people that the spirit mm-hmm. fell down upon. Interestingly, those words are never said about Elijah or Elisha, which you would have thought. Right, you would have but, thought
1: as prophets were some of the right. things that they did.
0: The Spirit came mightily on people, fell down on them. In First 1 Samuel 10.10, 10, the Spirit falls down on and Saul, Saul. Yep. and he prophesies. Yep. First 1 Samuel 16.13, uh, when Samuel anoints David to be the next king, the Spirit falls mightily upon David. Then... Um, Second Chronicles. Well, this is well. Let me skip that for right now. And in Judges, it happens a lot with the judges. In Judges three ten, Caleb's younger brother Othniel is, and I probably said that wrong. Is the first judge, and it said the spirit came mightily upon him. And in Judges six thirty four, the spirit came mightily upon Gideon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In Judges eleven twenty nine, on Jephthah. Another. These are all judges. And then Judges fourteen five on Samson. And if you read all of Samson's stories, right. we hear that a lot with Samson. Um, so, so
1: the Holy Spirit yeah. is manifest in the, in those personages in the Old Testament, either in physical, um, in in prophecy, or in some sort of a, a, a spiritual indwelling, like when David was anointed. Yeah. Right.
0: Well, I don't know if it's an indwelling so much as a pawn. Right. Right. But that, but that doesn't matter, really, because now in the New Testament, after Jesus has risen again, he promised that the Spirit would dwell within us, in his believers. Right. And he even says, John 16, if you want to know about the Spirit, here's here's where Jesus really talks about the Spirit. Uh, he says, uh, it's better for you, oh, Here. I didn't, uh, John 16, 4 through 7, I didn't tell you this earlier because I was with you every day, but now I'm on my way to the one who sent me. Not one of you's asked, where are you going? Instead, the longer I've talked, the sadder you've become. So let me say it again, this truth. It's better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, the friend won't come. The friend is the Holy Spirit. But if I go, I'll send him to you. And he's called the counselor, the helper, the
1: friend. Right. Right. Um, it also, in John 14, Jesus was talking to his disciples. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I thought this was interesting. He said, The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Mm. We know a lot of what Jesus was teaching was not really... Uh, the light bulbs didn't come on the disciples till after the resurrection. Right. And so the things that he had taught them, there was so much depth there that they had not grasped. And when he left... You know, he had, to, <clears throat> he had to explain the parables. Sometimes he got frustrated with them for yeah. having to explain things to them. But he said the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance and teach you all things. So mm. as a teacher and as a, a helper, as counselor. a guide, as a counselor, yep.
0: He's within you. So um, I think, well, let me read this next part. This right. is farther down in John 16, 12 through 15. It says, I still have many things to tell you, but you can't handle them now. But when the friend comes, the spirit of the truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. He won't draw attention to himself, but will make sense out of what is about to happen. And indeed, out of all that I've done and said, he will honor me. He will take from me and deliver it to you. Everything the Father has is also mine. That is why I've said he takes from me and delivers to you. So he, the Holy Spirit, once... To uh, strengthen your relationship with Jesus Christ. Right. And the Father has given all things to Jesus. And the Spirit complements that role of the Father and right. the Spirit.
1: Yeah, he's the Spirit serves a complementary role in teaching the things that Jesus taught and showing us the things that God wants in Convicting us of sin in our lives and all those kind of things that the Spirit does is complementary and not contradictory.
0: Right, and then we have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Right, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Maybe we should. You want to look up the gifts? I think Romans twelve. We have some of the gifts. Um, and uh, the fruit of the spirits in Galatians.
1: Uh. First Corinthians twelve seven through eleven says attributes of the Holy Spirit such as wisdom knowledge and power are mm. manifest in the lives of believers for the good of others more gifts are listed in, in, there are more gifts listed yeah. but you know wisdom knowledge and power are the three things I think that the Holy Spirit really gives us uh, the Holy Spirit can aid in your discernment your wisdom in that way and you can your knowledge and your understanding of Jesus and Jesus teachings and He might and, heal through you and the power that. yes yes. Because Jesus said that we should be able to do even more than he did.
0: Right. And but to each one, you read this, but I want to read it again.
1: Right.
0: First Corinthians 12, 7. But to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Uh-huh. Now, I want to give a little history of me. And this goes along with it. Okay. Okay. So presently, Shannon is a, oh, it's also you, Shannon is a pastor at a Southern Baptist church. I, and Shannon was raised Catholic, um, uh, got saved and God led us all over the place. And I was raised um, very young, I think I was probably baptized in an infant in Presbyterian Church, but then I was raised mostly in the Lutheran Church. Then when I accepted Jesus, I was at college and it was in Assembly of God fellowship. And then I was in that uh, AG fellowship the rest of the time I was in college. And then God has led us to different denominations, and the reason why I share this with you is because I want you to know that I, we've seen the gamut. I, um, I will admit this, and and it's one of the the spiritual gifts. Um, I do speak in tongues, but not at church. I do have that gift. I I don't do much with it at the moment, but it's not. I think some people, some Christians, they don't under. That's a gift that's very. Uh, mysterious and not easily understood. Mm-hmm. And I think some people shy away from the Holy Spirit because they think there's gonna be like a lack of control and chaos. And the spirit is not chaotic.
1: There's no. even No the Spirit the Spirit follows God, so there can't be chaos there.
0: There is a um let me find that I should have looked this up. But okay, I think it's in First Corinthians fourteen. Um, where Paul says do not forbid the speaking of tongues but he says make it orderly and somewhere in here it says um, but let all things be done properly and in an orderly manner that's 1 Corinthians fourteen forty. he says that that's the end of the chapter after he has said talked about tongues and prophecy and and different things for edification so even though God never God does not create chaos. God no. takes chaos and creates order. Right. And so um I guess that's what I want to share. That it's not the Holy Spirit is not someone to be feared, but to be Right. Except the fear of God kind of thing. But he's here to help you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, with the Father. Yeah, and with the concept himself. of
1: tongues, we could do a whole a whole podcast just on on uh some of those issues in the church and and some of those things yeah when i'm in uh, first corinthians 12 it does say uh to one there's given through the spirit a, a message of wisdom to another a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by that one spirit to another miraculous powers to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, He distributes them to each one just as He determines. So what that's saying, I think, one of the things it says there, is that the gifts of the Spirit are... I mean, they they run the whole gamut. They're everything in there. And you may have one, you may have four. um,
0: Or you might have one temporarily. You may have one
1: when you need it, and then it's Mm -hmm. no longer there. But basically... As the spirit determines you need those gifts, those gifts are given to you
0: I should say gifts are not taken away, but um, like I was thinking of like the 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 gift of healing, sometimes right. even jesus uh, with the the woman with the issue of blood, at that time he felt the power go out of him, so there was the power was there to heal so right. uh, i did I did find the verse I wanted first corinthians fourteen thirty three for God is not a god of confusion but of peace as in all the churches of the saints and i uh just because we don't understand a gift or don't understand the holy spirit that is a perfect reason to get more understanding because he will give it to you he doesn't want you freaking out about him but i also um i want to bring back this this thing i read and i guess we the reason why we're talking about the holy spirit is because i listened to a podcast and and it just it, I just didn't agree that the woman who was talking, and I, I'm sure she's a believer and she loves the Lord, but she was just just talking about the Holy Spirit. Just everything was about the Holy Spirit. And there's nothing wrong with talking about the Holy Spirit, obviously, because we are. But again, uh, in John sixteen twelve through 15, it's in there it says, The Spirit of truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. He won't draw attention to himself. But he honors Jesus.
1: Hmm.
0: And the name of Jesus is so powerful. You could say to someone, talk about spirit this, spirit that, and people get all weird and new agey. And, and people are, but the name of Jesus has such power that, that Christians are sometimes even uh, timid, too timid to mention Jesus' name. They might say God. But they won't say Jesus. We really should try to keep saying Jesus' name in public anywhere we can. But the Holy Spirit will give you power. Oh, that one in 1 Timothy. Haven't given you a spirit of timidity, but a spirit, spirit of power, power, love, and yep. sound mind. Ooh, sound mind. See? The Holy Spirit doesn't make you crazy. Um, but I guess maybe I sound crazy, but that's not the Holy Spirit. That's just my bipolar brain. Um Go ahead. I have a lot more here, but I know I'm and talking the, so much. Yeah, about. and the
1: Holy Spirit gives gives us life and renewal, too. Um, Romans 8, 10-11 says, But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. The Holy Spirit has a lot of different roles. has a lot of different things that are involved in us. One of the things I like the most, I, I saw this. This is uh, from uh, Christianity.com. The Holy Spirit is a seal in the lives of the believers. Oh. And in the ancient yeah. world, a seal, if you think about that, that was usually, um, if you were to write something, you would put a seal on it, mm-hmm. and it would, like dripped wax, and then a signet ring or something would be pressed into it. That was a sign of authenticity, and mm. it was... Um, very much like a signature. It's a legal signature. You put a seal on something, it's like getting something notarized today. So we have been sealed by the Holy Spirit as believers, and what that does is that marks us as one of God's. That is right. We are God's children, and that's the mark that says we're His children.
0: Song of Solomon says, uh, chapter 8, verse 6, Put me like a seal over your heart. Like a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death. But there is a verse that reminded me. There is a, a verse that mm-hmm. talks about that that the Holy Spirit is a seal. It, it's a hope. It gives us the hope of heaven or the proof. Mm-hmm. It's the foretaste of what right. we will we'll feel, or you know, we will be part of.
1: Ephesians one thirteen says, "And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of salvation. When you believed, you were marked in Him with the seal, the there promised Holy Spirit." who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in God's possession to the praise of his glory. Mm-hmm. So in other words, the holy spirit on us is a mark of God.
0: Yeah.
1: We are recognized as followers of God to everyone to include God. This is our mark.
0: The Yes. We do have the mark of Christ. Mm-hmm. The Holy the Spirit's mark. The Holy mark.
1: Spirit is the mark of Christ.
0: So uh, I like that thought. It's like He put His mm-hmm. thumbprint on us. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: He signed us. And
0: maybe you know, spiritual, in the spiritual realm, you can see that seal right on their forehead or something. I don't know. Uh, now I did write when it starts talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, the first one they mention. Luke one forty one, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit when she mm-hmm. hears Mary's voice. Now I don't. We have Elizabeth filled with the Holy Spirit in Luke one forty one. In Luke one sixty seven, we have Zechariah filled with the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit
1: when he prophesies.
0: Yes, and but those two happen before Jesus dies and was resurrected. So I, that's what it says, and I know that's what happened. So I, you know, I right. That's a I don't understand that but that's what happened is that
1: more like the old testament
0: maybe but they use the words like filled with
1: right so i don't know
0: and then uh jesus was full of the holy spirit luke 4 1
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he, uh also luke 3 22 says the holy spirit descended upon jesus in bodily form like a dove and that's right. a very that's an image when he's baptized the spirit comes down but when Jesus... It's interesting that... The, yeah.
1: I, I'm just interjecting. Sorry, anyway. honey. It's interesting that um, biblically we see the Holy Spirit in two different manifestations. Yeah. A dove and fire. Yes. Two things that are very... Con- I mean, you couldn't put a dove in fire.
0: Right. Oh, no. But
1: it's an interesting thing that those two things, the peace and the power...
0: Yeah, that's true. ...are
1: there. So both from the Holy Spirit.
0: And then, okay, here's... We might have already said this, but Jesus says, you know him... Meaning mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, because he abides with you or lives with you and will be in you. John fourteen, seventeen, he says this prior to his crucifixion, resurrection, but then after the resurrection, he comes back to them in the room. And on John twenty, John twenty, twenty two, it says, He Jesus breathed on the disciples and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. So mm-hmm. this is where they receive the Holy Spirit. They don't receive the full power though
1: Until Pentecost. Until
0: Pentecost. And I think that is um, and Acts two four mm-hmm. says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They already had the Holy Spirit, but it's it, like they gave an awakened awakened and empowered. Right. Yep. And and I do think in some Christians some believers Um, They have not yet learned how to walk in the spirit, live in the spirit. So the spirit might need to be, I guess you could say awakened in them, because I don't think he's asleep, but activated maybe, Mm -hmm. because they need to to step into the power of the spirit rather than doing things by their own effort. And and if you want that, you just have to ask for it. Um, Yeah,
1: um, there are several things that we can do, even though, you know, most, most Christians would acknowledge that the indwelling of the Spirit is part of their acceptance into uh, of Christ. It's our seal, and their rebirth. like said. Yes. Yeah. But there are a lot of things we can do to stifle the Spirit, to quench yes. the Spirit. Paul warns us against quenching the Spirit. Um, another thing we can do is ignore it. Yes. Um, and that's Paul writes about that as well.
0: Right, because if, if he's telling you something and you don't want to hear it, that's ignoring mm-hmm. the Spirit. And uh, if we ignore him long enough, that's when we like sear our conscience and then right. we're in a bad situation.
1: Right. Or if we intentionally reject the teaching and the, and the inspiration and the conviction of God, um, we're ignoring it and we're also quenching it. Yes. You know, and Jesus said there's one unforgivable sin. That's blaspheming the Spirit. Right. So we have to be careful in how we handle the Spirit ourselves. We can resist the Spirit. Yes. Um, in Acts 7.51 it says, You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. Resisting the Spirit. When oh. when God is telling you something and you intentionally turn the opposite direction, you pull against yeah. what God's doing in your life, uh, that is, that's a terrible... Uh, missed opportunity for us in our own lives to quench or to ignore or to turn our back and resist the Spirit. I
0: have an interesting verse. This is John three eight, and this
1: is when uh, Jesus is
0: talking to Nicodemus at night, when mm-hmm. Nicodemus is coming to wonder about this stuff. Jesus says to him, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Hmm. I, I, it's like you don't understand maybe, but I, um, and first Corinthians 12, 13 says for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we we're all made to drink of one spirit. Mm-hmm. I will say one thing. If, if you don't feel you're walking in the spirit, that you feel like you're doing this Christian life in your own strength, 1st that's hard to do. It's yeah. impossible to it's do. Impossible it's to impossible do. to do. But what what you pray, but then also, when you get a leading of the Spirit, follow it. The more you follow it, the more you'll hear God's voice. And the more you'll operate in the spirit, it's like anything with practice. It takes practice. Yeah, and it's
1: it's not only the leading of the spirit, but sometimes the blocking of the spirit. You know, Paul was blocked from going to Asia. He right. wanted to go there, and the spirit said, "No, that's not where you're supposed to go." So he followed what the spirit said because the spirit shut the door and said, "Open yeah, it." Yeah, yeah. Um, When you pray, instead of saying, this is what I want to do or this is what I'm going to do, if you say, what do you want me to do, the Spirit will be the one to reveal that. And sometimes I think one of the challenges for Christians is the fact that we have to surrender now, the here and now, to the Spirit, to the leading of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't like to be led. We like to we like to lead. But we're supposed We like to, to, be to pull yes. instead of instead of being guided. And I think that's one of the things that that dampens the spirit in us is that we refuse to to uh, surrender that to him. But also I think um, in a lot of a lot of us there's a fear of if I do surrender what next? What's right. going to happen? What do I have it to is, give up if I surrender? It
0: is scary. Even for Christians who right. have already
1: accepted Christ, there's yes. that that concern that, yeah, but what if He tells me to sell everything I have and move somewhere else? Or what if He tells me things I don't want? Well, God's always got your best in mind, and He always works everything for good. So if the Spirit's telling you something, then yeah. you, you follow it. Don't worry about whether or not... Um, You're doing the right thing if you were being truly led by the Spirit.
0: I want to say, this is John, excuse me, one thirty-three, and this is John the Baptist talking. And I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, He upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit, or it could be who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Bring that up because again... It says Jesus baptizes people with the Holy Spirit, and baptism is like uh, the word itself means. Um, it's almost like a, the break of one life to a new life. Right. It's new life.
1: It's the death or the resurrection. So,
0: but... so how Jesus gets us into the the believer's life is that he uses the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and or they work together. I don't know exactly how it all works, but so the Spirit. Kind of goes where Jesus leads, in a sense. I, I don't, I don't mean to be controversial, but I'm going to bring this up. And this is Jane's belief, and okay. I, um, I, there is a teaching in some churches, denominations, that say they don't believe you have the Holy Spirit unless you speak in tongues. As a, as a person who can speak in tongues, I do not agree with that because. As we already read, the Spirit gives the gifts that he gives. And all believers have the Holy Spirit. They just some just are not operating in the Spirit.
1: So Well and and you may be completely operating in the Spirit and still not speak in tongues because everybody has different gifts. Yeah. So you may not have been given the gift of tongues from the Holy Spirit but you may have given, been given the, the gift of wisdom or the gift of, of knowledge or the gift of healing. There are a lot of different things. Right. So for someone to demand that you manifest one of those gifts, I think, is, is contrary to biblical truth. Yes. And I think it's also contrary to spiritual truth because you're forcing the Holy, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you're, you're saying telling, you have to have this gift.
0: And you're telling, Wait a minute. The Holy
1: Spirit may not have, have put that gift on someone.
0: Well, you're telling God how he has to work. Right. Putting them in a box,
1: and, and unfortunately, that is that is religion in a nutshell. We have a tendency to do that. Yeah, we start out following God, and then we turn around and tell God to follow us.
0: Yeah, and
1: here's the rules, God. I want you to stick by these rules, and and, and like they say, like C.S. Lewis said in Lion, the Witch, and the and the Wardrobe, or Chronicles of Narnia, he said, he's not a tame lion. No, you can't. We
0: don't. God. We
1: don't lead God. God leads us. No. Yeah. But what I what I I pray for this all the time. I pray for the Spirit to be in, be um, fed in my church. I pray for, I, I pray for my, my people, my church, to be on fire for Jesus. And I know that fire comes from the Spirit. I, I pray that the Spirit gets loosed. You know, you've, I, yes. we've all had that time in our lives when, let's say you're at something silly like a wedding dance, and I've seen it so many times. People that say, I don't dance. You know, the kids that were in junior high sitting against the wall and never did anything. But there's there are times when you just say, you know what, I just want to celebrate. I want to mm-hmm. dance. I want to just get into it. Mm-hmm. And you don't care about what you look like or whether you're good at it. You just do it. And I'm using the wedding dance thing as, as an example, but that's not the only time. But what I'm saying is the spirit is like that. You have to release I don't care what's happening He's to me. I'm going to let says. the Spirit lead me. And all I'm going to have to do is follow and release. And so many people are afraid of giving over control. And I think that's what holds people back from the Spirit.
0: yeah,
1: From getting the Spirit to getting the true power of the Spirit in your life. You have to give up your control to let Him step in. Yes. When I'm reading my Bible, when I'm preparing sermons, is when I really see... That's where I see the the Spirit get most activated in me when I'm going with a purpose and a goal. And I set out, and I never really... um, I couldn't tell you what I'm going to preach on next Sunday. I have no idea. But I truly trust that the Spirit will lead me into something where He wants me to go. So, you know, I don't... I tried when I was first a pastor to... uh, set things up and say, we're going to do three-part sermons and all that kind of stuff. It's never really worked very well because the Spirit guides me in different ways all the time. And that's where I feel the Spirit manifesting in my life the most is when I'm writing those sermons and when I'm preaching, He takes me in directions that I think the people need to hear and the people sitting in front of me need to hear. And I don't know those things until the Spirit takes it.
0: Uh, The Spirit. Mm hmm if you remember, Jesus said the the most important command is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, mm-hmm. whatever, and love your neighbor as yourself. This is what the Spirit wants to do, is to teach us how to love. And I want to go to Galatians 5. Okay. And I'll start in 13. Uh, For you are called to freedom, brethren. That's it, the freedom, freedom in the Spirit. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care lest you be consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. I'm going to go down here. There's a, that's a great chapter, Galatians 5. Read it if you want. It's all about walking by the Spirit, being free in Christ. But here it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. And that is our cow in the background named Hawken, our son. So if
1: you want to know what that is. Well, what you just read there, there's two things. Yeah. Paul says if you live by the Spirit, you will Mm. walk by the Spirit. Yeah. And that is is where people are... I, I just feel that's where people are resisting the Spirit the most. They have all the head knowledge. Yeah. They have everything that they have in their head to do these things, but they... They, they tamp down the spirit so that he can't be t- turned loose, so they can truly walk in the spirit. And um, this passage from Romans, I've always liked, Romans eight fourteen to oh, 16.
0: Oh, just where I went, but go ahead.
1: For those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. Okay, if you are led, then you are the children of God. Yeah. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. So it's not like you are turning over your will and you are now a slave because of that but instead you are a child of God because of turning over mm-hmm. your will rather the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry Abba Father Amen. and that is that is so much of the gospel right there in that little mm-hmm. piece there we should be going to God and Abba the best translation for Abba is not Father it's Daddy we should through if we are led by the spirit we should see god as as we would a, a loving father that has nothing against us and no, and no negative intentions for us and that is a challenge a lot of people still live even christians still live in an unhealthy fear of god yeah If you are led by the Spirit, you will not fear God. Mm -hmm. You will run to God.
0: You'll you'll reverence Him. And you will
1: run to Him. You will run to His open arms because that's what He wants you to do. But He knows we cannot fight our sinful nature without help, and that's where the Spirit comes in.
0: Two things. One, I'm thinking of okay, if someone is a believer and not operating the Spirit, you're you're trying to live a Christian life in the flesh with Mm -hmm. your own effort. Mm -hmm. You can't Something that's done in the flesh cannot suddenly become of the Spirit. Right. It will never translate. You have to be in the Spirit to, for God to work through you because it's only His work and Him that can really make permanent change in people. doesn't matter what you do. It's, you got to let God do it through you. But here, here's something else the Spirit does. This is later in Romans 8. Um, and in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So look that, at that. He'll help us pray. I, had that, say that? I had
1: that same thing up yeah. right now. He helps us pray and He knows us. He knows inside what we what we don't recognize. He knows what we need before we need it. He knows all those things. He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes. So what we can't put into words, the Spirit can translate. Mm -hmm. Our feelings, our thoughts, our desires, all the things that we have for God sometimes can get lost. And we can get overwhelmed by it. But the Spirit is the one that helps us with that. Well, we are wrapping ourselves into quite a... What? Quite a session here, so. Oh, you
0: think we should end?
1: I think we probably can end here. We are gonna, we can pick this up again sometime and, and come back to it. But
0: Don't be afraid guess, of the spirit.
1: No. Okay. Don't be afraid of the spirit. Uh, don't be concerned about losing control because you don't lose control, you surrender control. And there's a difference.
0: Yeah.
1: There's a big difference. It's the difference between closing your eyes, taking your hand off the wheel as you're going down the highway and putting cruise control on. I can take my foot off the off the gas, and the cruise control is taken over. It's surrendering, knowing that the surrender of what I surrender to the Spirit will be cared for and and done correctly. So don't be afraid of the Spirit. And you know what? If you've never really done anything, uh, put your toe in the water. Yeah. Try. Just stick your toe in the water. Go to a place where you can be alone and pray, and lock everything out, and say. You know, Holy Spirit, just speak to me. What do you want me to know? What do you want me to feel? Just turn loose and and see what happens.
0: And ask Him, work through me. Show me how to walk in you.
1: Turn turn yourself loose to just do a little bit, and you're going to find that uh, the Holy Spirit will come to you in that moment, and you will enjoy it. I guarantee it. And when that happens, it gets easier to surrender to the Spirit. I'm afraid this is something that... um, Myself and my fellow pastors probably don't talk from the pulpit about enough about releasing the spirit and releasing the power that's within us and releasing God's spirit in us because Jesus said these things will be will happen through the spirit and sometimes we don't talk about that enough. Um, but
0: I will put say, your foot
1: in the water. Yeah.
0: And the Holy Spirit doesn't. It's not like it's not like demonic possession that no. you're out of control. No, the so, Spirit
1: lives with you already,
0: and He He works with you. And one more thing, I know it's a little tangent, but I I, I feel like I should say it. it. If someone has the gift of tongues, it's not uncontrollable. It's just like speaking another language.
1: Mm.
0: It's just like me speaking this. I can stop and start it just like a telephone conversation. So it's not like some uncontrollable weird thing. Right. But anyway, but thanks for listening.
1: Yeah, and God bless. Just reach out to the Spirit. He's waiting for you to to tap into that that resource that will, that strength that power that wisdom that knowledge it's all right there you just have to you have to st- stretch your hand out and take it amen amen god bless